Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What, what, what's wrong with you? going on everyone and welcome to the reformatory the podcast for the local church and by the local church and we are your local churchmen my name is josh and i'm here as always with my co-host and crime captain jack barry jack how are you my friend pretty good it's, it's uh, good to see you I, you know what's you know what's funny so mm. when you call me captain captain in in your in your mind do you spell mm. it in the proper way or do you spell it C A P apostrophe N? Because I spell it that way in my mind. So whenever I hear this, <laughs> so, you, so you spell it like Captain Crunch Cap- is what you're saying. Yes, I do like, like Captain, Captain Crunch. <laughs> I want a more yeah. informal way of addressing okay. me. I don't. Okay. Like- <laughs> All right. All right. Well, here's the thing. Like I, I had never thought about how I spelled it in my head, but now because I love you, just for you, it shall now forever be Captain. <laughs> What's up, Captain? Yeah. Or you know, on w- when we get when we get like real comfortable, we might have to save this for like you know a Veterans Day or something like that. We go to Cap. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's Cap true. Jack. Cap Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Cap Daddy. <laughs> Cap Daddy. <laughs> That's funny. Jack, uh, yeah. dude, we got we got man, I'm. We got stuff to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me about there's. A large part of me that's yep. not looking forward to this episode, uh, but some things need to be said. But dude, let's 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 keep it chill, right? Let's keep things let's keep things good. And why don't yep. you hit us with the reformatory cigar of the week? What do you got for us today? Yes. So as uh, per our monthly uh, vibe is for cigars, uh, September's mm-hmm. for Sinistro. Yes, so uh, one of the cigars, one of the cigars that I know Josh goes to, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna give the details of this cigar, and then kind of go over to Josh to give more of the the flavor notes and profiles. But one of the cigars that he's been going to that he likes a lot is the Last Cowboy by Sinistro, and so Yeehaw. this cigar, yes sir, this cigar comes in a Maduro, 
um, rapper, but then also a natural rapper as well too. So the Maduro, so I'm gonna start out with the Maduro details. So basically, uh, rapper is Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro, binder is Mexican San Andreas, and then filler is Dominican Republic. And the Dominican Republic. So this is interesting. So there are certain tobaccos that are um, kind of seed, a certain seed. Um, or a certain type of specific type of Dominican Republic tobacco. This one is Piloto Cubano. Mm-hmm. So that's specifically what it says on the Maduro. Uh, the only thing... Okay, so the the difference in the Maduro and the Natural is that the, uh, the Natural has a wrapper of a Connecticut wrapper, and then the yeah. binder is Cameroon and Ecuadorian Sumatran. Um, and then the fillers would be the same as well there. So yep. um, these, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Josh to give some mm-hmm. tasting notes on yeah. these. I have smoked the Natural before because part of the Natural, there's a slight little part, I think on both maybe actually too. There's actually, yeah, on both of them, there's a slight part of the wrapper that has like this candela tipped it so there's about like maybe the half of uh, a quarter of the third of the the first third of the cigar i know math is hard um (laughs) math is hard (laughs) (laughs) uh is like a candela little wrap on the wrapper which gives you kind of like a grassy note and then it comes into some more um finishes but i'm gonna go over to josh to talk a little bit about Flavor profile. Yeah, man. So the last cowboy. Uh, so I have it primarily in the Maduro, so it's a medium to heavier cigar, right? So it's not yeah. something you're really going to start out the morning with. This is a good like after dinner smoke, right? And enjoy it with again, you know, just kind of the usual pairings that we suggest: a diet coke, a little bit of chocolate. It's just something sweet um, to you know, kind of keep keep the stomach juices, you know, from churning too bad. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> make sure to smoke it on a full stomach, but. Uh, it's the it's the San Andreas binder that I think really comes through in this. Isn't that like most Maduros, you're going to get the dark flavors. It's going to be it's going to be earthy. You're going to get those like dark coffee notes, right? Some like alfalfa notes in there, leather, like some people say. But even that one, I'm I'm always I always find leather to be such a funny tasting note because I want to be like, <laughs> whose job was it just suck on leather and be like, yeah. all right, you know, I th- it tastes like leather. <laughs> it's like. You know what leather tastes like. That's that's good to know. So I always feel so stupid giving that as a tasting uh. note. Um, but it tastes like what you would imagine leather to taste like. <laughs> um, sure. But the the Dominican filler is really, I think, the star of it in that you're going to get those dark notes, but it hits you with a little bit of zest, a little bit of acid, a little bit of flavor, uh, and a little almost citrusy vibe with that Dominican stuff. It just makes a well-rounded cigar. I think it's one of the best cigars that Sinistro's put out. Um, I have The Last Cowboy often. I think the name is cool. I think the branding is cool. It's a fantastic stick. Uh, it only, It's only, I want to say it's like 8 to 10 bucks. It's not an expensive mm-hmm. stick. And if you have the chance, you should go get it because it's, uh, I, I think, one of the best offerings Sinistro has. Um, so, The Last Cowboy by Sinistro, September's for Sinistro, is for Sinistro. That is the reformatory cigar of the week. Go and smoke, my friends, to the glory of God.
All right, Captain. Um, okay, yes, so let's see. How do we want to start this? <laughs> so here's the thing, man. Um, both you and I have a unifying experience when it comes to Acts 29, right? Uh, people mm-hmm. know that's what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be in the title of this episode, so we might as well not beat around the bush. Um, I want to, I want to <clears throat> preface this episode by saying this: some hard things are going to be said. Um, some things are going to be said that I think Jack and I have been sitting on. I know I've been sitting on for quite a few years, and just haven't said anything. Um, one, mm-hmm. and there's multiple reasons for that, and this is the preface that I want to get. There are many churches and individuals that are in the Acts 29 network that I love very dearly, and that that I and and that I cherish and that I care for. Um, because of that, I want to be very careful with how we approach this episode, and it's not just a you know a People's Magazine hit piece, <laughs> ranting and raving yeah. uh, on an entire <sighs> network. But Jack and I, based on our own experiences. And based on the experiences of those that individuals that we have talked to, as well as the experiences that we see just in the general working in and out of the network. Um, I've got a few things to say about it, and they're they're hard things to say just because they bring up a lot of memories and I think past frustrations that of different events that that happened. So I'll just I'll just hop right in, Jack, and then and then maybe I'll I'll let you go over cuz I don't want this to be a super long ep. Um one cuz my camera mm-hmm. will go out. That just seems to be the way of things. <laughs> um yeah. back in 2018, 17 or 18, uh I was part of an Acts 29 church in uh Marysville, Washington mm-hmm. called Damascus Road. Um and loved it. Loved it. Uh, the Lord used uh, the many individuals in that church to kind of pull me and my wife out of um, <clears throat> some real bad church hurt pain that we had experienced at a church before that. Uh, and I entered into that church at that time not really wanting anything to do with church. I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't yeah. want to commit to it. I didn't want to be a member. I had just gotten burned real bad, and I didn't want that to happen again. And uh, the Lord used... Uh, one 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 of the pastors uh, specifically to really shepherd my heart to care for me in a way that I've never been cared for before and bring me out of that to the place where I was longing to be at that church. I was longing to be around people. I wanted to to serve and become part of the membership and and it was such a wonderful testament to God's grace in my life to bring me to that place and to those people. Um, our time at that church ended very badly, as well as many, over half of the church's time, people in that church. Mm-hmm. Um, due, due to the ego, and I don't use that word flippantly, the arrogance of the lead pastor... Um, Acts 29 swooped in uh, on, on his request and did something that I didn't know you were allowed to do, right? Because the lead pastor was having issues with some of the other members of the elder team. And those issues 
basically were them calling him out on tyrannical leadership, very Mark Driscoll type stuff. It's like, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing. This is the kind yeah. of stuff that we're hearing. And we're concerned and, and we want to we want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't go over well. Um, so yeah. Acts 29, the network came in and comprised a a a oversight board, a provisional board uh, of elders to take over the church comprised of um, a couple of the directors and a couple of the local pastors in the general Washington area. There might have been one from Oregon. I can't remember. Um, and they took over the church without input from the congregation, without even telling the congregation until after the fact. And what that resulted is the two elders that brought the concerns to the lead pastor were removed from leadership without any vote, without any biblical process, without any type of biblical reasoning whatsoever. And the congregation, rightly so, was absolutely, one, taken aback, and two, uh, we wanted answers. <laughs> we wanted answers because, uh, you know, there's so, there's so much drama to this story but but one of the one of the main frustrating ones was that the board the oversight board that came in from Acts 29 was comprised of very close friends of the lead pastor to the point where a very quick social media search sees them on vacations together they're going to Disneyland together they're going to the beach together they're good friends and when this conflict yeah. of interest was brought up the answer that was given by the regional director was, well, pastors can have friends, right? Um, so this resulted in the two pastors being removed um, and the church splitting wide open, right down the middle. Um, and they saw that as a necessary and um, satisfactory outcome to the situation. Now, one of those directors has since been removed from Acts 29 due to similar things, and he's going off and starting his own thing now. Uh, and in very Acts 29 fashion, the the, the local church there uh, rebranded, changed their name, changed, changed everything, relaunched, uh, and started over like nothing happened. All the while, yeah. many, so many families in that local church, myself and my wife included, were just, I had our hearts ripped out. And it still hurts to this day. Like, there will be times where my wife and I will reminisce to the times that we had at that church, and it will make us weep because of what we lost and what was taken away from us. And it, that is one story and again, that is that is such a short version. <laughs> there are so many other yeah. just horrible <laughs> things that happened throughout that, you know, at the hands of Acts 29 leadership. But here's the problem, Jack. That is one story among yeah. hundreds and hundreds of churches that Acts 29 has left behind just shattered and broken like the the amount of mm-hmm. bodies that are behind the Acts 29 tidal wave is horrendous and yeah. there's something about Acts 29 Jack and I have my theories but there's something about the sure. network 
that attracts a certain type of leader and a mm-hmm. certain type of personality. And I think that that's one of the problems is you have yeah. such a focus in Acts 29 on the lead pastor. And that lead pastor, if you if you look across the board, right? And obviously there are outliers here and there, but if we're going to look at the type of person that Acts 29 mm-hmm. attracts as a lead pastor, it's very very similar. Yes. Very yes. very entrepreneurial, very A-type mm-hmm. personality, very yep. vision and image focused, and usually yes. Usually, a little brash, a little rough yes. around the edges. Yes, and arrogant, mm-hmm. and arrogant. Now, is that true across the board? No. Like I said, I don't. I. I. I, I don't want to lose the preface of this episode. There are many churches yeah. and many, many people in Acts twenty nine that I love dearly, and I would say, but but I would say, Jack. And then I'll throw it over to you. Mm-hmm. That I think those leaders in the Acts Twenty Nine network that are doing well, and are leading their people well, are doing it in spite of Acts Twenty Nine. Yes, I don't think that. I think they are the outliers that I have come, mm-hmm. and I've come. I've come to believe that in my experience with Acts Twenty Nine. And my experience talking to people through Acts 29. And it's to the point, Jack, where something like I'm kind of tired of seeing it happen. <laughs> I, I'm honestly tired of seeing yeah. it happen. I'm tired of seeing people hurt. And Acts 29 has a lot to answer for. And and there's a lot that happens in that network that just seems to get swept under the rug. And, they, and often you just see the rebrand and the relaunch. And then the bodies are still left behind the wave asking what happened and what about us? Yeah. Um, I can, I can comment on this as well too, because there was um, a recent, uh, this last Lord's day was definitely a situation in which we had several families. I would say a couple, I don't know about several. How about a couple, a couple families um, in our now, bigger kind of more one surface service oriented gathering at a middle school that we meet at in South Tacoma. And, um, one of those families I knew from my previous church, um, and they had, um, you know, I was kind of feeling out why they were there. And, um, I kind of led in with, you know, the, the husband, the guy that I know, uh, of this family, he goes, well, what, you know, why did you come here to this church? And I said, honestly, I said, like most, uh, people, I was kind of tired of the transparency issues that we were having at my previous church. Um, I was kind of tired of certain leadership dynamics as well, too. I was tired of secrets being swept under the rug. The congregation didn't know about these things. And only the elders would say stuff because it was elder-led, or elder-ruled, excuse me, not elder-led, elder-ruled. And that elder-rule model has thus not produced any kind of fruit sense because what I'm hearing now is that the lead pastor preaches twice, maybe a month, and... um. (laughs) 
how can I say this, has a, a little bit of a bloated paycheck. And on top of it, there's uh, some things that are going on in which we don't know if church funds are being used towards entrepreneurial endeavors or what. So that is concerning. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is an, I would say that that's an act. I mean, that is a former Mars Hill church that's independent. That is sometimes in talks with other Acts 29 churches. They're not part of Acts 29, but they're Acts 29 adjacent. And then you have another, and then you have a official Acts twenty nine church that their pastor was brought up on plagiarizing his sermon from H. <laughs> yeah. P. Charles Jr. <laughs> sure. sure. So you yeah. you have man, this is what you see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the scriptures because this is something that I felt, and it's something that we've been going through in my Bible study. And it's also something that we talk about regularly here on this podcast is the fact that when Jesus came (laughs) in his last week of living um, a somewhat normal human life, how about that? Um, When he went to Jerusalem, he was proclaiming certain prophetic judgment on the leaders of Israel because they did not lead the people in the ways that God had instructed them. They had led the people astray, and they basically became corrupt. It was all about them. Now, I want to preface this, too, on the way that your church will go is because your leaders will lead in a certain capacity. Yep. And they will lead the flock astray to that certain capacity. So when we talk about things like Acts 29, when we talk about things like churches and leaders failing, it absolutely is on leaders not leading in a way that incorporates what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't incorporate what we do at the Reformatory too, which is we stand on the model of you keep reforming. <laughs> right. You need to be you need to be consistently reforming. You need to be consistent consistently looking at your church and reforming. You need to be looking at yourself and reforming. Yeah. Because ultimately that didn't happen overnight. Those situations did not happen overnight. What led to those situations could be compromise, it could be laziness, it could be a whole scatter of things. But the fact is, is that when I don't see shepherds shepherding people, mm-hmm. that is like me looking at my son and like neglecting all of his needs, mm-hmm. not feeding him, not helping him, not soothing for him, not caring for him. I yeah. think that I experienced that the most at my last church with our lead pastor. And that has not progressed in ways that should have been uh, remedied from things. Yeah. And so I think that what we are see- what Josh and I are seeing is a constant gambit of people coming out from a uh, big church planning uh, efforts and movements that are embodying these very unbiblical ways of shepherding people. I would say just leading. They're not even shepherding sometimes. 
um, which I'm seeing more and more. It is completely a, I'm up in, I'm in the pulpit, I'm preaching, I'm the, you know, face of this, you know, brand, so to say, or anything along those lines, and everybody else can fall in behind me and say yes. Yeah. I think that we're seeing that more and more, and that's the, and that is the biggest concern, not only that, but then also the, the dynamics in which your church members are not being shepherded. They're not being told anything. They're not being included on anything at all when it comes to the health of the leadership, when it comes to the health of the church. So, yeah. And, you know, this, this, this issue, this issue goes up the totem pole, right? Like, if we're going to look at kind of the, the starting point of Acts 29, we look at Driscoll, we look at Matt Chandler, right? Who's just <laughs> honestly, yeah, you know, I, I know Chandler's had some good stuff, you know, and, and I've appreciated a lot that Chandler has, has put out, but man, like it's a ministry that has been kind of marked by a lot of scruples and 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 you ask at a certain point how many how many times are we going to go around you know this this merry-go-round uh before we're just like you know maybe enough's enough you know and and and, and here's the thing folks look those that have been with us for a long time know that the reformatory is not a we're not a discernment ministry. In fact, we we, yeah. we hate discernment ministries, <laughs> right? We we kind of r- rail against those just because we don't find them helpful, right? Then that's not the purpose of this podcast. We're not just trying to get a gotcha and be like, "Oh, you know, be basically reformed people's magazine," right? That's not what we're trying to do. Um there goes my light. Anyway, uh <laughs> The purpose of this podcast, and this episode particularly, is because, like, as I said before, there are there are people that I love in this network, and I'm seeing this network get worse and worse, mm-hmm. by personal experience and observation. Yeah. And it's to the point now to where if I hear that someone is part of the Acts 29 network, or they're tr- or they're you know they're they're looking to get into it. It is no longer a neutral thing for me. It's not. If I hear someone's associated with the Acts 29 network with as as bad as it's gotten, and it, it seems like it continues to get worse and worse with just covering stuff up and hurting people and blowing up churches with, with, with just, it seems like reckless abandon. Man, like, my, my discernment red flags go off. Oh yeah, because I don't know, because I don't know, like I, I don't know what this person's about, right? And here's mm-hmm. the thing: there's like there's there's a lot of issues that we see with Acts twenty nine that we've already talked about, right? But I think one of the main ones that has kind of prompted this discussion is just the lack of change. You know, this has been going for a while. <laughs> and yeah. it seems like whenever any anybody reaches out, you know, you know, when this whole church thing blew up with with me, um, I didn't roll over on it. <laughs> I I marched like I marched it up very high on the totem pole to the point where I actually had a short exchange over over instant message with with Matt Chandler. Um, I and I still have that paper trail. I still have the receipts. And it yielded nothing. Yeah. It, it, 
you know, unqualified men continue to be put into positions of leadership without biblical vetting and are allowed to run amok. And we mm-hmm. see this happen again and again and again. And story after story of an, of another Acts 29, you know, pastor plagiarizing. Another pa- Acts 29 pastor being removed for tyrannical leadership. Another Acts 29 director being removed for, for you know, for misconduct of some sort. And at a certain point, when the fruit is this rotten, we got to question what's going on at the roots. Yeah. And that's my point, mm-hmm. is if Acts 29 is going to succeed he's going to succeed in their mission to plant churches right and to be a church planting network and plant healthy churches and churches that have longevity churches that have deep roots they got to get their house in order yeah and i've been saying this you know on a personal level for long and for a while but i mean i'm going on now what four years from this from this church you know experience that happened and i you know when it first happened i thought well maybe it's an isolated thing and Jack, I'll tell you, man, over the last four or five years, it's not isolated. Nope. I've nope. seen it again and again and again. And my friends, like, here's the thing. I am not advocating, and you will never hear me advocate unless it's a very specific situation for you to leave your church. But if you are in the Acts 29 network, I would plead with you to take inventory of how your church makes decisions, how they bring in pastors, because... Like Jack said, how the pastors lead will determine the health of the church. And I'm talking to you, and again, like I don't say this lightly, but I do not trust Acts 29's methodology when choosing leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's a, and it's based on a proven track record. This isn't just me having beef with Acts 29 because they blew my church up. Yeah, right? like I am grieved by that immensely, still to this day. I can't talk or think about it too much without getting weepy again. Mm-hmm. But my friends, like, take heed lest you fall. It it there needs to be a change that happens, and this and it's coming from someone who was in the network that again has like there are I know of churches and I know of people that are in the network that I love dearly. And it's hard for me to sit on the sidelines, no longer in the network, just waiting. Waiting for it to happen. Waiting for it to happen to them. And there's been too many instances of me sitting back, Jack, and I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding here. <laughs> sitting back and saying, That's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be a problem. Something's gonna happen there. Nobody's doing anything, and then it happens. And people are hurt and the church blows up. And and I'm left like, well, should I, should I have said something? Do we not say anything? Like, like, what do we do here? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, <sighs> so I think that's, at the end of the day, that's just kind of the reason for the podcast is, <sighs> there are too many people that I love and in the network that I don't want to see hurt in the way that I was hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see their church blow up in the way that my church was blown up. And... Jack, I just I think I think something needs to be done, man. There needs to be a complete overhaul of the structure. There needs to be a complete gutting of leadership, a complete a complete restructuring of how do we make our decisions when something goes wrong in a church? Do we actually have the right to swoop in, 
take over the church and make decisions for them? Or do we need to make sure that we are empowering the congregations of those churches mm-hmm. to help with that? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's yeah. so much methodology that needs to shift, and it, I just it doesn't seem like there's any desire for that to shift to happen. Yeah, and and on top of it too, there was a recent incident that really caught my attention. There were two guys on the Acts Twenty Nine board. Uh, it was a church in Colorado. Um, we don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with everything this church in Colorado did, but whatever. People are people. People get on social media and say stuff, and sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to take stuff with a grain of salt on a lot of sure. situations. Um, a certain pastor of this church had said some certain things. I don't think they were that. I mean, I don't, I disagree with a lot of his viewpoints, but. Nevertheless, it wasn't something that was like, you need to be excommunicated kind of language. You know, I think it's just a very tertiary difference of opinion, difference of philosophy, difference, literally difference of philosophy of how uh, philosophy and theology of how you view mission and different theological views. Right. So he was voicing those um, kind of views on Twitter. And these two guys from Acts 29, executives, one of which was a former, um, basically took over from Mark Driscoll uh, from when he stepped down. Uh, He got on the call, and this was recorded. He got on the call, and there's another guy that we know that was on the call as well, too. And they effectively kicked them out of the network. And it was so weird because they kicked them out of the network for really no reason of what the the pastors were talking. It's like, where is our sin that you're kicking us out for? Where have we disobeyed? We've brought up questions. We've done this and done that. Like, what what is the thing that you're kicking us out for? Mm-hmm. And nothing was said. And when you have freewheeling executives in a big, bloated national church planning movement that can freewheeled an excommunication of a church by just disagreeing with their opinions on things, um, you know, that is not what the scriptures call us to. Yeah, we got a big problem. We got a big problem. Um, that's not this, what the scriptures call us to, and that's not what the scriptures do. Where's your testing of these folks? Like, where where is the discernment in which you should be asking certain questions of these people and of these leaders if they've actually committed sin or you just don't like them? You just don't like them. You don't like their theological stance on things. You don't like their opinion. So, hey, we'll kick them out. That's not how you go about things. That's just not. No, no. Um, And so I don't know if both of those people are still in. I don't think they are in the executive role anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But nevertheless, they're still part of Acts 29 in some capacity of what I know of that could be different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my challenge to a lot of people is like, I don't know how many times 
we have to basically revisit the destruction of Mars Hill again and replay it and then try and imitate it. Maybe we'll just imitate Mars Hill again to see how far it's going to take us and then find out that it'll take us to the depths of depravity that that it took back then originally. I yeah. don't know how many times we have to do that. I don't know how many times we have to be where where God is giving commands. God is making covenant and then next thing you know, we are just like Israel. We will break that covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh just give it a little time and then we'll break it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, man. It is it is the question. <sighs> and, and look at the end of the day and uh, we've got to wrap up. But at the end of the day, one of the main problems, and there are there are many, but we have unqualified men leading the ship, bringing on other unqualified men to lead churches. And unqualified leaders are going to do what unqualified leaders do. They're going to lead in a unqualified way. And souls are hurt. Churches break. And those bodies are left behind the wave. And it's to the point to where we've seen it time and time again. And we have to now begin to, we should have been asking a long time ago, but it's to the point where we have to start asking the question, like, are we going to, are we worried about this? Are we, are we going to do anything about this? Because I, I, I'm not seeing the urgency that I think this, this should have, you know, like all of the focus that the Southern Baptist Convention got for all of the things that are going wrong with it, and rightly so. I mean, look, you know, there's 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 stuff in that convention that needs to get taken care of. But why, like, why, why is this so quiet? And I know that there are individuals that are, you know, that have voiced their opinions. Some voicing their opinions in a more biblical way than others. Let's be clear and fair here, right? We still. Just because we might be trying to come against biblical process does not mean that we can abandon biblical process. And too many people fall into that trap of just going off the deep end and trying to burn the entire thing down. And you just kind of render yourself ineffective uh, as a as a force for that change just by your own conduct. So let's not let's be careful not to do that. But Jack, there are churches and people in that network that I still love. And I still cherish, uh-huh. and as someone yes. who spent time in that network and was burned very badly by it, uh, I know people that were in that church that haven't gone back to church because of that that experience. All right, I know people that will never ever step into another church that is even loosely affiliated with Acts twenty nine because of that experience. I know relationships that have not been mended, and possibly won't. Unless one party repents, mm-hmm. it's just a reality. Yeah, and we need to we we need to see some change. Some change needs to happen, um, and we have we need some leaders need to start taking some things seriously, man. So it's a heavy up, Jack. There's probably a lot more that can and should be said, but we're gonna leave that right there. Um, we might revisit this again, but. You know, I don't I don't want it to appear again like a reformed people's magazine hit piece like this. Sure. I genuinely care for these folks and I know you do, too. Yeah. And yeah, some that's, answers I mean, need to happen and change needs to happen. When when I see families that are coming from an Acts 29 church 
that tells them if they leave membership, well, that Acts 29 church says, well, we're the only place that has the gospel here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, nah. a, that's a real phrase, by the way, people, that was actually uttered. <laughs> yeah. So yep. that that absolutely is a red flag. And then on top of it, you actually taint the Christians that are actually trying to leave your church. Because now they're probably, are we going to have the same problem at the different church that we try to become members at or that we try to attend? Um, so you're not doing, so for those leaders that are saying those things like that, you're not doing anybody favors right there. You're not doing the spread of the gospel any favors at all, one bit. You're not doing anything for Catholicity uh, to come alongside brothers and sisters and spread the gospel together uh, as a cooperative nature of churches in your region or in the area that you're in. Like, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not doing the Lord any favors either by saying that stuff. Um, if if you're giving anybody any favors, it's Satan. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's very much, um, it's tough, but I think Josh and I are strictly in the camp of, we care about the shepherding of people's hearts in the local church. Yeah. And when we Amen. don't see that in local churches, there needs to be change, there needs to be repentance, and there needs to be a level of prophetic utterance. And when I say prophetic utterance, I mean a level of you guys are not doing things in which yeah. leaders of God should be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Rough up. Rough up, hard things, very hard things, but it, they're uh, necessary, I, I think. Might be people that listen to this and disagree, and I totally get it. I get it. Like it's You can't have a topic like this without ruffling feathers, um, and I understand, but it's not coming from a place of malice. It's coming from a place of care, and uh, we, hope, we hope that that comes through in this. Jack, my friend, why don't you get us out of here, bud? And we'll, uh, yeah. we'll record some Patreon ups and hopefully lighten the mood up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. If you really do want to engage on this topic with us, if you want to talk to us further about this, if you're going through a very tough time within your local church uh, and you just need somebody to talk to, um, you can send us a DM. You can send us a message on the sociables, if you will. Um, we are at the Facebook, the Instagram, if you will. And the the sociable, formerly known as Twitter X, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Um, I'm not my jovial self because this episode is pretty. It's pretty heavy. I get y'all. you. It's, I get it's you, heavy. buddy. I get you. <laughs> so um, I get you. We would we would appreciate if if you have any questions, if you want follow ups, um, please hit us up at those uh, accounts. Like I said, at Reformatory Pod is where you can find us. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you can support the Reformatory in a number of ways. If you're on Apple uh, or Spotify, we ask that you give us a little rating and a review. We really would appreciate that. It helps uh, get the podcast up to more people, and more people can be encouraged to make their local church central. Uh, we're on YouTube, so if you want to not only listen to this downer of an episode, but you want to <laughs> see this downer of an episode, you can head on over to YouTube. Uh, head to 
our reformatory podcast page. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the little bell for notifications, as the kids say. Last but not least, we have a Patreon, and for only $5 a month, it's less than a Starbucks drink, people, especially. It's less than a pumpkin spice latte, I can tell you that for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because I bought many of those for my wife this month, and I'm just telling you, it's less than that. (laughs) Um, You could become a Patreon supporter, get that exclusive content, multiple bonus episodes every week, and if you do so, our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, Sam. Hallowed, hallowed through camera. the halls of the podcast. There it went, <laughs> dude. Done. I knew. I knew we were gonna. I knew we weren't gonna make it. I knew we weren't gonna make it. All right, Look right that forty-two minute mark. Well, we thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next step of the reformatory. <laughs>